This episode of Fermented Adventure, the podcast, features Luigi Ambrosi of Cardenche Sotol. We had an incredible conversation learning about Sotol and the history of Cardenche. Make sure you reach out to Luigi and Cardenche and let them know what you thought about the podcast. Cheers! Ladies and gentlemen, craft spirit enthusiasts, and those interested in the intoxicating world of craft distilleries, cideries, meaderies, wineries, and the occasional foray into breweries. It's Rich Shane, and welcome to Fermented Adventure, the podcast, where we bring you the fascinating people that are making the mash, fermenting, distilling, bottling, pouring, and delivering to you some of the finest libations in the world. Before we get started, here are a few housekeeping items. Thank you for bringing the podcast into wherever you are and whatever you're doing. We truly are grateful that you've chosen to listen and make us part of your day. It would mean the world to us if you left a five-star review. This helps us climb in the rankings and it makes it easier for others to find us. Don't hesitate to leave us your comments as well. If the podcast didn't meet your expectations, tell us why. We're always striving to improve. You can find us at fermentedadventure.com. We are on Instagram and Facebook as Fermented Adventure. Email us at fermentedadventure at gmail.com. All right, FA Nation, let's meet our guest. He's Luigi Ambrosi. I'm Rich Shane. This is Fermented Adventure, the podcast. Luigi, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you, Rich, for having me. Uh, I'm really excited to be here after meeting at Barcom in Brooklyn. And now here we are. What is, or how do you pronounce the word excited in Italian? Emozionato. I am emozionato to talk about Cardenche. <laughs> yeah, me too. Y, y estoy muy emocionado también in Spanish, as they would say down in Mexico. <laughs> we are going to talk Italian. We're going to talk Mexican. But right now, what I want to talk about is Cardenche, so tall. How did all that get started for you? You know, it's uh, it, it's it's almost a, a serendipitous story, I like to think, uh, because it started from a passion for music. Uh, I am, uh, you know, my background is, is in music. And I, I went to Mexico with my uh, actually current co-founder, who is also a musician herself, we went to discover in the northern uh, region uh, of Durango, El Canto Cardenche, which is a music genre, very local to that region that is near extinction because it's, it's not written. It's all mandated by oral tradition. Um, and it just happened to be uh, uh, the community that, carried, that, that, that practices Canto Cardenche happened to be living in the same area where there's plenty of Sotol fields and distilleries and a big kind of Sotol hub of Mexico. And we got to, we got uh, the opportunity to try Sotol for the first time uh, with these uh, musicians listening to their incredible a cappella musical intonations. Uh, and that sort of sent us, we, we fell in love. We fell in love with the moment. We fell in love with the drink uh, and ended up going on a journey to discover more and more about Sotol. But this is a long-winded way of saying is that the sort of, I guess, music brought me uh, to uh, uh, where I am now, you know, uh, venturing in the, in the Sotol uh, space, which is something that is not quite common, I would say, 
Uh, and I know that there's a, another musician that's that's doing the same uh, recently as well uh, that you may have seen. If there is, I may not have seen, but you said the word, uh, I've said the word, and we said so tall a number of times right now. For those that are not familiar, because you and I get to meet them quite often, what is Sotol? True that. Sotol is a, a northern Mexican a traditional ancient spirit that comes from a plant, from the Dacilirium plant, also colloquially known as Sotol, which is not an agave. So this is what a lot of people mistake. You know, they think Mexico, they think Sotol is a type of mezcal. It is actually not. Sotol is very much a category of its own. And it actually it goes, date, the practice of distilling Sotol dates back centuries uh, and the same way in which, you know, historically in Oaxaca, they drink mezcal and in tequila, Guadalajara, they drink tequila. In Durango, Chihuahua and Coahuila, in the northernmost regions of Mexico, central Mexico, that is what they have always drank, Sotol, because that is the plant that is endemic. And it is actually from the asparagus family. It looks like a little kind of palm, but uh, the plant itself uh, genetically is from the asparagus family, uh, which makes it a perennial plant. So, you know, once you harvest it, the beautiful thing is that it grows back on its own and actually flowers multiple times over its life and gives life to more plants around it, thereby populating entire uh, vast desert uh, plains, desertic plains with the Sotol plant. It's, it's a desertic shrub uh, uh, from which Sotol is distilled. You talk about the fact that it repropagates, and it sounds like a very sustainable <laughs> plant as compared to, as we talk about agave, which, you know, once you take that plant away and chop it up, as I understand, that you just need to grow more plants. This it will not repropagate in the same way that the Sotol will. Yes, and I, you know, I'm not trying to demonize agave at all in any way, of course. Uh, but it is true, uh, agave once it's harvested, you know, uh, this is why there's a lot of agave plantations, actually like man-made plantations being planted because uh, that is the only way to sort of repopulate. Whereas uh, while there may be some uh, Sotol. Uh, plantations in experimental phase right now the majority of it is the wild grown it's like a weeds i mean they consider it weeds in northern mexico the, ran the rancheros they, they they are asking us constantly take the sotol out of my ranch and make something with it we don't want it here it hurts our cattle and it you know it obstructs our work so uh, uh it definitely propagates more than they typically would uh, would like. <laughs> so that's a good problem to have, for sure. Um, Luigi, what fascinates me about the Sotol is the understanding that what you mentioned, all right, this is a weed to some people and to others now, this is just pure deliciousness that when you have it for the first time, maybe you hear about it, or as we have done, we find you at a booth at Bar Convent in Brooklyn, and we get introduced to the whole story. Now, I didn't know about the musical background part of it, but it's that experience that you have when you try something that your mind is saying, wait, it's Mexico. It's supposed to be tequila or mezcal or agave or something like that. And now you're telling me it's something different, mind blown, 
What was it like for you as you're there for a musical experience? What was it like for you to try this for the first time? I mean, look, you're like that, uh, what's that, 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 uh, that, that shaver guy. You know, I, I like the product so much, I bought the company. So <laughs> you obviously like drinking this enough where you said, I want to invest in this and, uh, you know, make this more readily available to the consumer. Definitely. I mean, look, the, I'll, I'll tell you uh, the full experience was, you know, almost transcendental. I was, you know, listening in, in, at, at, at almost sunset in, the, in this oasis in the middle of the desert where there is a river flowing through the desert. It creates like a little oasis with these old musicians that are, it is an a cappella, very intense, very visceral music. El Canto Cardenche, actually. So the meaning of the word Cardenche, which is the name of my brand of Sotol, after I decided to, to name it because I love the meaning so much, which is the act of releasing your deepest emotions. So these singers, they sing as a means, as a cathartic means to express their feelings of love, of sorrow, uh, of trouble, of fun, as long as they are bottled deep inside, they want to let them out through the song. Now, now I, I have to ask, can we hear some of this Cardenche, this music? You can find it, actually, there is on Spotify, you can find or on YouTube, or on Spotify, definitely look Canto Cardenche, and it's a beautiful, beautiful music. And and I was there listening to this in the, in the intensity of this uh, song, drinking their local uh, drink of choice. And I, I I had this 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 moment where I realized that even just this drink with its unique aroma and its unique effect, because I wouldn't consider the effect of of, of Sotol a, a necessary upper like people say it's more of like a a mystical high it's like you're drinking and you, you feel cozy and, and connected to one another it helped people really open up so kind of almost was complimentary to to the moment of unleashing your deepest emotions and unleashing all your feelings into music and taming them with the sotol drink and, and as we joined the song me and my co-founder i mean not obviously attempted it's not our at the end of the song, they wanted us to sort of join in. But it, it was just this, this incredible experience, which is why I try to organize a lot of musical experiences through which people can uh, 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 discover Sotol. Uh, 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 and not just parties, but just actual discovery moments of a music and a drink, as it did for me. And, and hopefully it recreates the same effect. I love, like, you're telling this story, and, and I see your whole face changes, and you light up, and the big smile comes to your face. When you share the Sotol, like, you talked about it, like, it's through music, it's through the flavor, it's through the experience, and you're a very creative, expressive guy yourself, so I think this fits very well. What's it like for you? I mean, we just met at Bar Convent in Brooklyn what did Bar Convent mean for you? And what was it like to actually share and introduce people to Sotol that may have not had that or the Cardenche that you offer? No, I mean, for me, it was a, a, an incredible opportunity because for different reasons, a little bit. Uh, I had, uh, for example, the Bar Convent Brooklyn was just two weeks after Cardenche, uh, my brand of Sotol, hosted the first ever Sotol cocktail competition in the US. Uh, and it was hosted in New York with a lot of industry people 
that attended, uh, hundreds of industry people came, seven of them participated in the actual contest, but many people came to watch it. And that created a kind of ripple effect through the industry that translated into people actually coming to seek out Cardenche at the, at the fair because they heard about it from their bartender friends who attended the cocktail competition. So that was, you know, perfect, perfect timing, which not even planned like that, but it, it worked out perfectly. Um, and actually the winners of the contest are coming to Mexico, to Durango, to visit uh, uh, one of our distilleries and, or more, more uh, to visit several distilleries and, and learn more about the world of Sotol and the world of Cardenche. Um, so that was very great for me. I got to meet a lot of interesting people uh, of different types. I got to meet you, uh, which was one of my highlights. Uh, and, uh, and, and, I, uh, and I also had the opportunity, there was one of the bigger uh, kind of alcohol conglomerates, uh, Pernod Ricard, actually now launched their Sotol. Uh, <clears throat> and the music musician I was talking about also is Lenny Kravitz, who they brought on as kind of like the brand face, celebrity brand. Uh, in their in their brand, and so it was a great opportunity for having two different types with two different flavor profiles actually uh, uh, together at the show to reinforce the notion in people that the Sotol category is not just you know me Luigi hanging out and serving cocktails, but it's actually something that is sort of here to stay and it's growing more and more and solidifying, finding its place in the market and in cocktail bars and in, 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 in the lives of people. What I hear through the whole conversation of, all right, there's another brand doing so tall. There are other opportunities in the category. You have the terroir, the provenance of where the so tall is being grown but it's it's so much that adds different flavor. Look, it's like you can take the same mash bill of whiskey and make a bourbon, right? But mm -hmm. then you've got the barrels and the yeast and you know the entry proof and the exit proof. I mean, so so tall as a category, there's so many nuances that you can create through the distillation process, through all that you do before you put it in the bottle. So it sounds to me like like this is you know it's there are different categories or there are different types of mezcal. There are different types of tequila. I mean, we learned from last year meeting at Bar Convent Brooklyn, we met uh, Revel Spirits, which is an avila, which is a totally different category of uh, that. Now that's an agave, as I understand it. But look, you break down Mexico and then you have these little pockets, these little regions that are doing, you know, things, as you said, with a weed in, in South Jersey, here in New Jersey, where I grew up, it's dandelions. So they make wine out of dandelions. And I'm sure in Italy, where you're from, there are certain things that you start to, you know, add and make a, a spirit out of or, or, or uh, you know, some sort of a wine or something. It's, it's totally different. So it's exciting to see that little pocket in this world of something that's so tall is becoming a more popular, more recognized category in itself, which sounds to me like this is something that can, you know, you become more of an aficionado, a collector of so tall, just as you would other different spirits. Of course. And, you know, and that is really uh, uh, the aim here to uh, bring back the, the, the art of distilling so tall. And the reason I say bring back, just to give you a quick sort of brief history of this product that we've been talking about you know people may not know it now but 
as I mentioned earlier, it has been around for centuries, very local uh, uh, in, in the northern regions of Mexico. But during Prohibition, this is a fun fact, during the Prohibition, because, you know, uh, uh, these Mexican states are at the border with Texas, it was being smuggled across the border together with whiskey by the bootleggers. And it was being sold in all these uh, Prohibition cocktail bars, perhaps not as so tall. Perhaps it was just clear spirit. Give me alcohol. You know, during Prohibition, people uh, just wanted their fix at some point. Uh, and uh, um, it was just a clear spirit, may or may not uh, have been known as Sotol, but uh, actually Al Capone himself was purchasing from the grandfather of my current distiller. Uh, so during the crackdown of Prohibition, the authorities came down to Mexico and forced these distilleries to close shop. So they, the, some of them got burnt down and they, drove, they just drove them out of business so basically, Sotol has, be, uh, uh, has uh, because of these crackdown prohibition, the Sotol distillers, a lot of them stopped working and it became sort of something that you would just make in your town for your local villagers and something just to get drunk with for the local villagers to get drunk with. And it sort of gained a, a little bit of a negative uh, stigma of, you know, oh, just being that thing that my... That, that, that my neighbor gets drunk with uh, because there's uh, not much to do in the village. But through time, the newer generations have actually realized the value of the heritage of a product like Sotol. And, and, and they want to share it with the world. And I, I am one that wants to also share it with the world and, and help these young distillers, you know, third, fourth, fifth generation uh, uh, distillers uh, carry on their family history tradition, um, and that's that. That's a little bit the, the abridged story of of, of Sotol. Luigi, you touched on something incredibly. I'm just like, wow, the history of what you just shared, and I think again, where it always comes to bear, whether it's distilled spirits, fermented items, um, there's a history behind it, and. We don't learn it until we meet people like you who meet people like these these farmers and these, you know, generations of those in Cardenche that have been playing and making and doing things with this so tall. I mean, the fact that the United States can come into a sovereign nation of Mexico, right, and actually stop their whole industry or try to manipulate and affect that industry is is something that we don't talk about right and there's so much that had has or has been lost like uh like like a rose and rye here in pa things that have been impacted through a prohibition that we're just starting to learn not even a hundred years later but that they kept this tradition alive and it became so many different things as you talked about the one thing that really comes out of this is i want to do a whole podcast segment on the impact, because we I think we hear more about the Canadian side of things um, when it comes to whiskey, but we don't hear enough about where things from Mexico, you know, how things produced or were kept in, in, in business or what happened in Prohibition in Mexico. I don't think we know that story enough. We don't know the full story. That is actually something I'm, I'm diving more into and stay tuned because we are going to launch National Sotol Day tied to a prohibition event very soon. 
but uh, well, I, now I, that you mention it, we have to be tied into that, and it can't happen without it. <laughs> no, of course, and I will let you know as soon as it's as it's more developed. But you actually said something very interesting when you mentioned rye, because I actually do equate, uh, obviously not in flavor profile, but in in kind of like context, I do equate a little bit rye and sotol uh, because. Both of them are sort of the underdogs of a wider category of, 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 of spirits, you know, rye being to the whiskey world. It's kind of like, I think the Sotol is to the world of Mexican spirits, what rye is to the world of whiskey, you know, something ancient that used to be used during prohibition a lot and that sort of got lost over time a little bit and is now making a comeback. Uh, and that's, uh, uh, it's very interesting. You, you touched upon that. I couldn't wait. I did open up this bottle that you were gracious enough to share with us. Now, this is the Cardenche Sotol um, La Sierra. Yes, La Sierra. All right. Now, talk about, are there different expressions that you do with the Sotol, or is this the one? Talk about the variations, if there are any. Yeah, my concept behind the brand is to make a terroir-driven brand. And and, and why is that? Uh, Earlier, you were saying how you play with the nuances of, of whiskey during distillation, fermentation. And while that is the case for Sotol as well, but with Sotol, because being a, a plant-based spirit, it actually goes quite literally down all the way to the root, meaning that where the plant grows, similarly to wine with grapes, actually affects a lot the flavor profile that the liquid will finally have, the concept of terroir. And... Uh, that is something that we discovered in our journey when we left these musicians to go taste the Sotol around northern Mexico. It was a journey that lasted three weeks, learning how to, all the different nuances and how to make it and so forth, and, and deciding to, to wanting to bring this product to the U.S. as well in those, in, those, in those weeks. But I wanted to showcase how the plant really affects the flavor profile, and that's why so far we have not done any Reposado, Añejo, the... People often ask me, oh, when is the Reposado? When is the Añejo? But listen, this is not tequila. I'm not looking to do Reposado or Añejo, at least right now, because I want to focus on educating the consumer on how the terroir affects the profile rather than the barrel. And so you have Sotol de la Sierra, which you're drinking now. Would you, would you like to tell me? I'm always curious to hear what people, what notes people find, actually. Pardon the interruption. If you like what you hear, if you love what you're hearing, please share the podcast. Please take a screenshot of the podcast, post it on your social media, tag us just to let everybody else know about Fermented Adventure, the podcast. We'd be grateful for your help to grow our podcast. Well, I couldn't wait. I, I So I nosed this for a bit and you know, it, it changes because it's it's been out. It's it's gotten you know as the um, as air is hitting it from you know it being trapped in that bottle for as long as it has. It has a very juicy pronunciation to what I get first. I just get herbs. I get just the old. I, I feel like um, like there's this mist that just came off of water and splashed me in the face. That's mm-hmm. really what I get. It's it's clean. It's 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 citrusy and there to me it's one of the things it's a curiosity is this is 80 proof yeah you certainly you know when you talk about different iterations 
Now, you could go maybe a higher proof versus putting it in a barrel and maybe trying some different play on that. Where did the 80 proof idea, is this how it's always been enjoyed? Are there different, you know, are there different proofs in, you know, the history of what this is? Yeah, there are different proofs uh, indeed. And actually, if you see our other variety, Sotol del Desierto, which is made in the desert of Chihuahua, as opposed to Sotol de la Sierra, which is made in the mountains of Chihuahua, La Sierra is the is the forest of the mountain. Hence why you're getting the herbal and the, the, the moist soil kind of uh, uh, profile uh, when you're uh, smelling it and drinking it. And But the reason why we decide, for example, the Desierto Sotol is actually at 45, so 90 proof as opposed to Sierra being 80 proof. And the reason behind that is that the Sierra one was so aromatic and herbal that we thought it would have been a nice touch to differentiate also from how it's always been uh, enjoyed a little higher proof in, in, in Northern Mexico to introduce it to consumers that, you know, might want to get the nuances of Sotol, but in a more subtle way. Whereas the Desierto, that is much more mineral, and, and has kind of like a vegetal, sweeter vegetal aftertaste, that we put it at a higher proof because uh, it, it, it has a more balanced kind of dry balance profile. Sierra is this kind of like explosion of profiles or explosion of aromas, sorry, uh, that, that, that really fill your entire mouth. One of the things you talked about was you know, the, this explosion of aromatics or this explosion. And I think why you get that is by keeping it at that lower proof. So the ethanol isn't competing against the personality of the Sotol. And when I taste this, the journey through tasting this was like this lemon lime effervescent, which turns into a little bit of a smokiness, which turns into a minerality, which finishes with almost like uh, an apertifo, you know, almost like um, some something of that, that you you now have this Amaro kind of an aspect. And I, I kind of draw from that palette, maybe you have, you know, being Italian with, with that Amaro and the roots and the different botanicals that might go in with this. At 80 proof, this can stand on its own in a cocktail. And this could also be, you know, you add a little bit more just to be that vehicle to to up the game of whatever that spirit is that's the main you know contributor to that cocktail of course and and, and to, to your point actually um sotol does go in fact pair very well in cocktails with other bitters and aperitifs and amaros uh, you know in a, in a in a negroni or a, or a green or with green chartreuse in a in a last word Actually, it fits in in a lot of gin cocktails. And I actually do think that Sotol is somewhere in between mezcal and gin. And it really sort of uh, um, has these botanical elements that help it uh, be a great sipper, but also a great cocktail, uh, a, a nice and balanced cocktail component, actually. I could definitely just, there's so many ways to enjoy this. And I'm so grateful that you not only just went to Cardenche to discover the musical history, but now you brought back this product to share and to sing its praises with the world. What has it been like for you to build this product, meet with the distillers and to say, hey, 
let's put the, you know, you got this wonderful fun label, which I'm sure you can tell me more about, but what's it been like with, with them and, and say, Hey, we're going to, we're going to bring this to the world. This is going to become, this is a business for us now. Yeah. I mean, look, I think it's, it, it's all very exciting. It's obviously a little bit of an uphill battle. We're all fighting together because we are in the process of relaunching a category that frankly, most people don't really know about right now. Uh, and curiosity why a curiosity is that not just in the US, also in Mexico, if you go south, Mexico is a massive country, but if you go in the south of Mexico, well, people don't know what Sotol is. Even in Mexico City, there are plenty of people that don't know that there's a lot of people that do know, of course, but it is a category that outside of its region of where it's produced, it's, it's something that is being rediscovered now. And uh, we're all really uh, trying to keep the best practices possible to make it, um, you know, a consistently pleasant experience to drink Sotol, i.e., you know, none of us uh, in Mexico, at least, uh, I know there's uh, other people that like to do industrial made Sotol, but um, we are really trying to push artisanal Sotol that conveys the flavor profiles of uh, what Sotol is supposed to taste like. Uh, because if you go and you dis you make in an industrial facility, distill it uh, six times, uh, then you lose all the profiles that make Sotol the beautiful drink that it is. Um, but also, uh, we are uh, Cardencia itself. We wanted to, you know, come out with a nice concept with a fun label, as you say, that people can recognize the bottle from. You know, at the end of the day. We did not want to have a, 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 a classic uh, stick-on label with the name looking very artisanal because I feel that people might confuse it with another mezcal or, or another tequila that's just on the shelf. We wanted to give it this like very, very green color, first of all, to convey even to the bottle tint is green because we want to convey that is a much a, a greener a flavor profile, a much more vegetal flavor profile that you can expect mentally. Uh, and then also we wanted to design this beautiful kind of artwork on it to make it hopefully an iconic bottle within uh, uh, this, this world of spirits that, that people recognize, you know, almost like when Patron came out and it's like, I don't know exactly what I'm drinking, but it's that bottle that looks like that and it's delicious. Uh, and I'm talking, you know, 20 years ago however long, uh, 15 years ago, when I discovered it in Europe, everything comes later in, 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 in Italy. But, uh, but yeah, that's sort of uh, how we're trying to do it. And I, of course, we have an amazing community of passionate uh, bartenders across all the US that has come with us behind the cause. They are super eager to push the new product uh, and create cocktails with it. So I do have to thank them uh, as well. And I hope that they keep on being as excited as I am about it in, in the years to come. Um, I think they, are, they will be. Uh, and, uh, but yeah, I, I, I think it's important to, 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 to create occasions in which people experience it, uh, both in the bar and in special events. So when you look for this bottle, you are going to see that green tint. You're going to see a figure of a woman. And I get the sense from our conversation, it's it's from that mountains to desert 
she, she kind of flows down from the mountains into the desert, and you've got this orange base of what appears to be that um, so tall plant, but it also comes out to be this, this orange almost looks like a heart in a way. So you're, yeah. really, you're really talking about the heart of the mountains and the desert, at least if I interpret the artwork there. Yeah, you're totally, actually, and disclaimer for the listeners, I did not inform me, inform uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Rich of this, but you totally got it. And I'm so happy that it transcends the message. Yes, we want to represent the terroir. Uh, well, first of all, we want to represent the Cardenche singers. And that's that woman is one of the singers. You know, you'll see other figures on the bottle as you turn it around. And because it's three main singers right now. Uh, a woman and two guys. Uh, and then there's more, obviously, in bigger kind of. Um, but, you know, in the Sierra, we have the woman with her long hair turning into the mountain and conveying that message of the mountain. Whereas in the Desierto, uh, the, 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 what the hair is actually turns into sand dunes of the desert. And actually, in the third variety, which we're launching now, is called the Pradera. And uh, it's, it has its own little twist on the Cardencia story. Uh, Pradera is from the prairie, actually comes from the prairie of Durango. So that's going to be uh, coming out in the fall. It's going to be our third SKU. Um, and I will say that the heart of the earth and the plant is what we're trying to convey, the, the heart of it, and also the love that, that you express through the through the Cardencia music and through the act of of drinking Sotol, the love for one another, the human connection that you feel that you crave once you're, you're experiencing the high of Sotol, really a catalyst of connections with other beings around you. It's, it's a beautiful thing. I what mean, I find to be special about this, Luigi, is that you're taking just one plant, but because of the different areas that you're cultivating, harvesting, and then distilling into this product, you're getting three different profiles. And we talked about, look, you don't need to do a reposado. You don't need to do an, an añejo at this moment. That may be in the future because, look, as you develop raving fans, as you know, we all want to have the ability to satisfy their craving and give them more and just have them go out and say, wow, I, I th this is even better than I could have expected, right? Mm -hmm. But you really take one, one product and you get three different expressions out of it with the mountains and the desert and the prairies. I, I think that's very special about this Sotol. I think so too. I, I, this is one of the things that excites me the most. And, you know, I think now come September when we launch our third, we'll push the brakes a little bit and, and try to have people really try to decide which flavor profile they prefer on which occasion. Uh, and then maybe, but in the future, the plan is to have even more expressions with different nuances that come from different uh, uh, sort of terroirs. Uh, but for example, the way in which I like to drink Sotol del Desierto is uh, uh, in a cocktail. Well, either on its own, if I'm like going all night drinking or in a cocktail, whereas the Sierra for me is a much more kind of like almost digestive experience, actually, an aromatic sort of post-dinner digestive uh, uh, but I wouldn't want to drink Sotol de la Sierra all night because then, you know, uh, I, I ruin the beautiful kind of unique flavor experience that you're getting from that one moment that you're, you're sipping it neat. I'll start maybe after dinner with the Sierra and then I'll move on to the Desierto to, to, 
you know, fuel my 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 drinks and my my night. I'll tell you, we as I as I've been sipping this, as we've been discussing the Sotol, as I've been allowing it to just rest in my mouth. Right now, what I get is this grassiness. So we go back to that comparison, maybe to rye. There's you talked about the vegetable essence, and I don't know why I keep going back to like like a little bit of like this um not the sweetness of a carrot but the you know the the earthiness of a carrot that i get in the flavor profile but one of the really fun things is when you sip this it presents itself at different points of your mouth the mm-hmm. tip of your tongue the sides even your cheeks as you swallow there's so much going on with your you know with with with, with your just just the experience of your mouth which yeah. I think is unlike anything I've had with any other product that I've really enjoyed. So it's even more of an experience here. It, it's cool because you, your first sip, it tickles your tongue a little bit. Uh, and actually, Desi- Cardenche del Desierto even more because it's, it's a little stronger. Kind of got that peppery, tingly tongue feel. And then it's slowly, smoothly trickling down. And I think one of the most unique things about Sotol actually is that once you drink it, or even once you shot it, not that I don't tend to shot it because I like to enjoy it, but given if you're taking a shot of Soto, it will not like hit your throat and burn your throat straight away. It actually goes to your chest and it warms up your chest, almost kind of like warming up your heart. Uh, uh, so it, people consider, me included, consider Soto to be something very smooth, even though it's high proof because they don't have this kind of like throat burning experience that they're so used to have with other, with other spirits. Um, so this is something that, that, that we found is very unique. I really believe that's the maturity of the consumer, the palate of products coming from Mexico. Because mm-hmm. we learn in the beginning, I believe, that tequila is, hey, do a shot of tequila. Do a shot of tequila, right? Then it becomes, wait a second, I want to slow down. I want to taste this. And yeah. then you come up with this Sotol, which to me is, you know, you get all three expressions as you have them. You really get an opportunity to have this wonderful flavor journey that I, I, I wish I could have had that moment with you when you first experienced this because you're immersed in the, you know, that, that, that provenance, that terroir. You're in the village. You're singing. You're hearing people sing. It, it sounds like it was such a magnificent transformative experience. I tell you, it really was, and I'm actually going to publish some of the uh, lost recordings uh, from that trip on Bandcamp. Uh, 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 and we're going to, obviously, all the proceeds that of people that donate to download that music will go back to helping the community of, uh, of Cardenche singers uh, uh, pass on their art and, and do lessons and teach the kids. Uh, but Actually, you also don't live so far away from New York, where we uh, constantly hold musical events. Uh, love to invite you. Uh, and, and for those who I don't have your direct contact, you can actually go on our Instagram. In, there's, in the link in bio, we publish on a weekly basis the musical events that we are kind of uh, uh, su- not just supporting, but also actually producing uh, so that we can all experience the music and the Sotol together. So you talked about where people may be able to find this Cardenche, this music, but where can people find your bottles? Where can people find this Sotol? We are currently, well, 
all of you can certainly find it online uh, uh, via via our website uh, and or our Instagram. You can you can go and uh, will it lead you to the online store. But right now you can find us in stores in New York City, uh, Manhattan, Brooklyn, uh, uh, Queens, you name it. Uh, you can find us, uh, and then you can find us in Austin, Texas, in stores, in restaurants, in bars. Uh, uh, actually in New York, we have a lot of very nice cocktail bars in which you can experience the cocktail as well. Um, the cocktail with Sotol. Uh, we are also in Florida, in Tampa and in Miami. So these are, uh, some of our uh, most prominent markets. Uh, little niche where we are is also, I will say Arkansas. And that's also kind of like a serendipitous event because we uh, got involved with a, a new music festival of arts and music, actually, which is called Format, F-O-R-M-A-T, is coming up in September. And it's, it's an incredible art installations and musicians of all sorts. And we are one of their beverage partners. We were also last, year's, last year uh, with a beautiful uh, booth and activation. And, and, and that led to actually Sotol being enjoyed in Arkansas as well. Well, as people learn more about your Sotol and they learn more about Sotol in general and they look out for that Cardenche, I think it's, like you said, it's a category. People will go to a bar and they will ask for Sotol. They won't just ask for maybe that other agave spirit. And I think that's when you'll start to see this wonderful growth in that category as we talked about. Luigi, is there anything that we haven't talked about today? Anything about you or Cardenche that you want listeners to know? Uh, I guess, you know, uh, what one could, uh, you know, me, Luigi, one could think, uh, what is this uh, mad Italian uh, doing uh, slinging Sotto? I definitely uh, want to say that I'm someone who became so passionate about the, not just the product, but the actual cause of reviving something that was lost and, and relaunching this trend into the world at large, uh, uh, which I think is a mission that transcends everything. It's, you know, the beauty of being able together and not just me, but me, the bartenders that support us, the community of drinkers that are brave enough to either go and ask for a sotol at the bar or maybe they walked into a bar, they asked for a mezcal, tequila sort of thing. They don't really know and end up being recommended Sotol and taking it. The early adopters, we are all together crafting this movement. I think Sotol is, is, is not just a drink, it's a movement. And, you know, Rich, you will be there in five years when everybody's drinking it and you'll be saying, yes, yeah, Sotol, man, I was drinking that five years ago. And what are you talking, you're trying to push me, you think it's something new? No. Luigi uh, really was the one that got me hooked on Sotol. And, you know, I'm I'm a brand ambassador for Cadence. And uh, but but to your point, you're right that, look, I don't discount those people that get excited by having this or something like this for the first time, because they're going to be the megaphones that say, you got to try this. And you know what? So I've been drinking it for five years. But the beauty of it is now you're drinking it, too. You're exactly. along on the movement. I love yeah. it. It's, it's spreading. It's, it's a movement that's spreading, that's growing, and, and, and it's a beautiful thing to see it unfold. So I'm very grateful to all the people that are part of it. 
Well, I'm grateful for your time today. I'm grateful that you've become a friend of Fermented Adventure. We can't wait to meet with you again in person, maybe in New York. Maybe we'll drive down to this uh, format in Arkansas or wherever we may find each other. Can't wait for just the continuation of this movement to grow and appreciate your time today. And just, you know, this is one of the things that for Dawn and I and our fermented adventure that, look, look what we get to, you know, we, we get to meet people like you that are bringing Sotol and Cardenche to the masses. And wow, it's it's so much fun for us. So thank you for bringing that to us. Oh, thank you. Thank you for, for enjoying it with me. And uh, I very well hope to see you soon. All right, we've we've got it. So there's that, you know, we just finished July 4th, you know, the the holiday Independence Day. And and there's like, you know, that that Kate Smith, you know, God bless America. I know she sang it. She was famous for it. Uh, There was a but I I get this thing ringing in my head because from the mountains to the prairies. Right. It's it's like God bless Cardenche from the (laughs) mountains to the desert, to the prairies. You know, thank you. That's cool. That's just Musically, I think, you know, look, I can't play, I can't sing, but lyrics just pop into my head. It's all good. <laughs> it's, a, it's a beauty. You're, you're a poet at heart. And, and I think I can attribute that a little bit to you having a few sips of Cardencia yourself. Help See? you unleash your deep emotions. Yeah, look, I love that. It just becomes this orgasmic flow of emotion. Whatever's bottled up in comes out. I love it. Thank you so much, Rich. Thanks, Luigi. Cheers. Yeah.